0: okay at this time we'll go ahead and introduce our first speaker today Uh, it's mister david hope and he'll be speaking on the title it comes from the heart thank you mister Whit. good afternoon everyone it's always good to talk about the weather when you get started Oklahoma, it's a little different today. Some people would say it's a little sultry, but really it's sandy. If you're in other parts of the world, you may not realize that we're getting part of the Sahara Desert coming up over there. And I understand it's supposed to be a little worse tomorrow. We were driving down the road and and my wife made a comment about that and I said, yeah, you can see the sand all over the road and and I said, Or is that from the big snow we had, you know, the sand and all that? Well we didn't have a big snow this year, so I can't say that. But anyway, good afternoon everyone. It's good to be here. Did I hear right that we're not have we're not gonna be able to be on the internet today? We're not on? We are on. Oh good, good. Hi everyone. Glad everybody's here. If you've been here in the Tulsa church for any length of time and or if you've been tuning in to our internet services, you'll probably notice in the past year or so there have been an awful lot of uh, messages, or several messages anyway, uh, concerning warnings to our people and talking about repentance and God's great mercy, you know, for people that repent and His forgiveness. So, you know, we've we've talked about that a lot. And many people throughout the world... uh, you know, during the pandemic and other catastrophes, they began to look at themselves, you know, like they did 9 11 and other times, you know, and hopefully they'll continue to do it, and hopefully we will continue to do it. But many people are looking at themselves, have for a long time, but they find it very difficult to overcome. Have you ever gotten that way? A lot of us have a problem sometimes with maybe a nagging problem, a nagging sin that we really would like to overcome. Uh, I've been there, Uh, I'm sure some of you have been, most of you have been, but even many Christians have the same problem. Uh, Many people are discouraged because it just keeps coming back, coming back, and I'll get into some other stuff. But today, I want to show that a big clue, not the only thing, but a big clue to overcoming or not overcoming has to do with the mind. A lot of it has to do up here. Two years ago I had the opportunity and I may have, just this like bothering anybody? I don't think I need it. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, uh, go to a graduation ceremony with one of my grandchildren out in California. We had three of them that we went out and we rode our motorcycles out. But anyway, um, they have a custom there at this one school that the grandkids went to. Uh, it's similar to our baccalaureate services you know a few days before the graduation and they call it sob night and where friends relatives or someone else you know will get up and and have a microphone and speak to the students on stage and I think there were about a hundred students or something like that and uh even the audience were here and uh since I knew several of the kids because uh my grandchildren and i even went to some of the parties i even was the sheriff one night at the graduation party and so they called me grandpa hope but anyway i had an opportunity to to get up and to, to speak a little bit and i didn't use any biblical scriptures but were but they were or it was a uh, biblical example you know something that you could find in the bible and it's something, I may have mentioned it here before, and and I know a lot of you have, have heard it too. You probably have seen it on the Internet and some other things. But but the story that it is is about the two wolves. And a lot of you, have any of you all heard that? I'm sure you have. Yeah. But uh, it was a perfect example for being out in that part of the country because they think that we Okies are still driving uh, Wagon trains, you know, and stuff like that, and everybody carries a six shooter. And I said, back in Oklahoma, there's an old Indian expression, an old Indian story, and it says that there's an old Indian grandpa and his grandson, and the grandson was fixing to graduate, and the grandpa Indian said, "Sorry, Lucille, grandma Indian could have said it because 'cause I've heard." grandma say some things to. We share grandchildren, you know. We, her yeah, son and our daughter are married, and, and uh, so we share grandchildren. And I've I've heard things that Grandma Lucille has said, and she's very thought of too, well thought of. But anyway, but the old grand old grandpa said, well, inside of every person there's two wolves. One wolf is mean and evil and wicked and hateful and vengeful and spiteful and. Mentioned all these horrible, horrible things. He said, and then the other uh, wolf inside each of us is a good and a kind and a loving and a gentle and, you know, all the good qualities, meekness and all of that. And they're fighting, you know, trying to take control, try to see who uh, can get the betterment. And a little end then said, Grandpa, which one wins? And I think most of you heard that. The one you feed. You know, the, the animal that you feed. And I thought it was a very good example of you know, a Christian principle anyway. And that kind of leads into just a few scriptures I have. I'm not going to have a lot of them. But the first one that we'll turn to will be Matthew 12 chapter. Matthew 12 and verse 34 through 37. Very familiar. And breaking into a thought again, Jesus said, oh generation of vipers how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart abundance of the heart speak the mouth you know so whatever comes out you can listen to a salesperson, listen to an ex-con or somebody else not that they're the same but you, you can listen to them and sooner or later you just by their terminology the things they say and the attitude you can tell what's within them says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words shall you be justified, and by your words shall you be condemned. And that. The idle word is not necessarily the, the crust of anything, but it just kind of reminds me, I've had a couple examples that that I'm a really trying to be more aware of what I say jokingly. You know, a lot of times I'll say things jokingly, and one of the things was a few years ago when uh, Barnabas and Carolyn Grayson were still living in Eufaula, uh, uh, and they invited us down one weekend after services, we went down to their house and and had a beautiful house, a beautiful driveway you know it was kind of it wasn't a straight driveway it was kind of curvy like that, and beautifully shaded you know and little trees stuff all around and on Sunday around noon, I think we were going to go out to eat or something rather but anyway uh, I was driving Barnabas was driving shotgun and and the women were in the back and you know I was driving along here, backing out, you know, and Carolyn said, David, you might want to be careful because of those trees out of here, they're real tricky, and my idle word was, oh, this is Fran's car, you know, it don't matter, and all of a sudden, boy, I came to a stop, I mean, just sudden stop, and there was a little tree right beside the the. The driver's side back door, you couldn't get the door open, it kind of caved it in. Fortunately, it didn't do a lot of damage, but, you know, idle word, oh, well, it's friend car, you know. And another time years ago, and I don't—I uh, was about 13 years old, and I, I was out in my front yard fixing to go to town in a couple of boys uh, two or three years older than me, I was thirteen I think at the time, and they come driving down the road and right at the, this was a dividing line of city limits and out of city limits, and we didn't have any blacktop roads or anything or paved roads other than Main Street in this town, Oylton, I lived in at that time. You guys came by in this old Chevy pickup, loud pipes, it didn't have a pipe on it, just had a, uh, well, just a pipe, no muffler. And driving reckless and everything, and boy, you know, hooping and hollering. And I made a comment, I hope you have a wreck. It wasn't, you know, 20 seconds later, and I heard this awful bang. And down the street, like I said, this was the dividing line of city limits out of Sandy. And it was Sandy, all Sandy. I heard this, and I knew what it was. It was probably a wreck, so I ran down there real quick. My grandfather had lived up over the hill about a quarter of a mile down there. And he was coming down in his pickup fixing to go pump wells. He was a pumper for Walt Henry. And dust was going everywhere. Uh, the boy's pickup was turned upside down on my grandpa's pickup. I thought, what have you done? I thought I cursed him, you know. I mean, I didn't, but, you know. I th- and uh, anyway, but uh, they, the boys got injured somewhat. They didn't have to go to the hospital, but they did have to have stitches, and my grandpa was okay. But you know, idle words. You know, we can say some idle words, and I don't know sometimes whether God holds us against it or not. But but every once in a while, when I use an idle word, I think of that. Now that's not the main crutch of what I was saying, but it 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 that uh, is one of the things I'm trying to work on. Is, is I don't do do good do very good at it. But anyway, another scripture, Matthew 15, verse 17 through 20. Jesus talking again and just entering, coming into the middle of the thought, you know, uh, he was uh, questioned by the Pharisees and others, you know, what are your disciples uh, not wash their hands and go by the customs that we do? And I'm not going to take time to go into all of that. But to break into Matthew 15, verse 17, do not you yet understand that whatsoever enters into the mouth goes into the belly, and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. They come from inside you, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies, all these things which defile a man, but to eat with unclose, unwashed hands defiles not the man. So we're just kind of getting into that. You know, a lot of the bad things that we do and think and actions that we have, things that we say, come from inside us. You know, they don't come from somebody else unless we repeat it, but uh, they come from in the heart. And we learn from scriptures that it really does help to prepare our heart. There are ways that we can make the heart better. And there are just a few scriptures I'm going to use. One, first one is Proverbs 23. I'm sorry, Proverbs 4. Make sure I quoted the right thing to give to our sound people. Verse 23 through 27. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So anything that we do, say, think, and de- come from the issues of life, come from our heart. Put away from you a forward mouth, and perverse lips at, put far from you. Let your eyes look straight on, and let your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Think about What am I doing? Where is this going to lead? What are the consequences? What are the blessings if I continue to do this or if I don't do that? Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. And I could even say, you know, just like, uh, I don't have it written down, but, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, you know, when when they uh, uh, were commanded to eat the king's food, unclean foods, they had determined in their mind way ahead of time, we're not going to do this, we are determined whether we end up in death or not. And same way when they were to bow down to the image, they prepared, prepared their mind, they determined their mind ahead of time, and we we can do the same thing, we can prepare our mind that we will not go a certain direction, that we will not go any further than this. Verse 27, Turn not to the right hand or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So we need to do some actions. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7. Eat you not the bread of him that has an evil eye? Neither desire you his dainty meats or his lifestyle, his yacht, his Harley-Davidson or something. You know, don't, don't, don't desire his fabulous things. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. He eats and drinks and says to you, but his heart is not with you. In uh, Proverbs twenty-three seventeen. Let not your heart envy sinners, similar to the other verse, but be you in the fear of the Lord all the day long. So we need to all day long, you and me both. Verse 19, I'm skipping 18. Hear you, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Guide your heart. We can do that. We have the scriptures. We have the wisdom. Sometimes we struggle, you know, sometimes you struggle, I struggle, and still have difficulty overcome, you know, some some problems we have, you know, we may end up uh, using uh, prayer all of our life, trying to overcome them, but we're not alone, you know, none of us are alone, even though we think that, you know, how could God love me because of the life I am, the thoughts I have, or the problems I just seem to can't, can't get over, can't shake. We're not alone because the Apostle Paul described the same thing. Of course, fortunately, he didn't mention exactly which one it is. We might get self-right to say, "Well, I don't have that problem," you know. And uh, but Romans seven verse eighteen through twenty-five. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Sometimes we think that. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. How many times have we said, man, I slipped again, I slipped again. And if you have a mate, they know about it. <laughs> and maybe not everything, but, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're still struggling. A lot of times we're still struggling. For the good that I would do, for the good that I would, I do not. You know, I just just can't quite go that far. But the evil, which I would not, you know, I hate it. I hate this attitude. I hate this whatever it is, this thought. I hate it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, it's still there, and I still get angry, or I, whatever the problem is, you know, I don't want to get anything real serious. Uh, you, know, you know what your problem is, and I know what mine is. But mine are not is now if I verse 20 now if I do that I would not or what I wouldn't do it is no more I that do it but sin that dwells in me so Paul's kind of uh, uh, making it a little easier to, to fathom if we're still having a problem I find then a law that when I would do good evil is present with me for when I delight in the law of God after the inward man but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin which is in my members. So there there are so many things and some sins are, are a lot harder to do than others. Some people don't have those and and uh, I made mention here some time ago at one of the Feast of Tabernacles and, and uh, I used a situation because I felt people were judging a particular person pretty harshly because uh, they were sick and they were, you know, in the hospital and, they, uh, and a big cause of it was from, from smoking, from nicotine and all that. And some people had never done that, never, never had that, and they, they, just, they just couldn't... Re- and I've, I've talked to some of them, and some of them just could not realize how could somebody be so weak, you know that's wrong, you know it's bad. How can somebody do that? You know, they just must not be a very good Christian, and they're still coming to church. You know, how can somebody be that way? You know, very self-righteous. And anyway, I I heard some of that, and and it's not my job to correct anybody, but, you know, there was, since it was kind of prevalent, a lot of people knew. Uh, I brought up a situation that some of us had, people in the church, and I didn't mention any names other than myself, but, uh, when I was younger, I had a problem like that. I had some other problems too, but that was probably one of the harder problems I had was to giving up nicotine, you know and people say and I've heard people say over the years, "Well, you know, God took it away from me when I come into church or when I was baptized, you know it just took it away and, and I believe it did. Some people that happen I know I know people personally that walked away from it didn't have same way with. Alcohol, same way with drugs. I've seen people that God healed them, Jesus healed them. But sometimes He doesn't do that. And other people get, you know, very indignant and self righteous because of that. And, uh, but I think one reason, uh, I can't excuse it. I'm just saying it was, it was a hard thing to do, a hard thing to overcome. Uh, but I started on tobacco products when I was 11 years old and a friend of mine that had moved into town and uh, they stayed there for about a year or so and we were buddies you know we were eleven years old and you know how boys are did you ever see the show uh, stand by me where a lot of these uh... young teenagers you know uh, three or four or five of them i guess but anyway i, I kind of identified with some of them and i thought well that's old Benny, and this is me that's valton and this is another guy you know but anyway uh... uh this guy, and I won't mention his name because uh, he's still alive yet. A lot of my friends are dead now. But uh, anyway, uh, this guy is still alive, and I, and I talked with him not long ago. And he got me started on uh, chewing tobacco on some a plug-a-day's work. <laughs> and we were trying to push my mother, Baker out of a ditch that we had taken out without her permission and trying and I got in a ditch and, and trying to push that over. 50 model Studebaker out of a ditch and and the thing spinning everything you know and and but anyway and I thought I'll never do that again. Well, I, stu- I hung around him long enough that you know I got hooked on it and uh, I realized after a while that it was really hard to 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 get rid of that. And I had a paper route at the time and I had the whole North End of uh, Oilton from Main Street all the way to to not the county line, but the city limits. My brother had uh, the south part of town all the way to city limits, and I was, like I said, eleven years old. And I was my own. I was a businessman, but anyway, I would. We, we had Tulsa Tribune seven days or six days a week, in the Tulsa World on Sunday morning. And have would get up about two o'clock in the morning and go throw pa- or not throw papers, but stick them in the doors for everybody had. And I'd get heartburns, you know, from chewing that tobacco and I would throw a whole package of beech nut away, that string tobacco. Throw it away because I thought, man, I can't do this anymore. This, this stuff is killing me. And uh, then after going to Sunday school, you know, about 11 o'clock, I would start backtracking all my the place and trying to find that package of beech nut. So I realized then that this, this has got a hold of me. And I realized that, you know, when I got older, 15, 16 years old, girls started looking good, you know, that girls didn't like guys that chew tobacco, so uh, some of my friends I had there in New Mexico uh, smoked, and anyway, but I I transferred smoking to that, and, and I, in the early 20s, I tried to get off of both of them, and it was hard, I mean, very, very, very hard to do. That's probably physically one of the hardest things I've ever done, but Anyway, um, uh, a lot of people don't have that problem, but uh, finally, over the years, I've—it uh, was kind of a trial there—and and, and, uh, once in a great while, just the thought would come by. Boy, you know, a cigarette would get good, or and and, and even in years recent years, you know, somebody would have a, a can of Copenhagen or a Skull or something, and, and I love that. I liked the Copenhagen more than I did cigarettes and cigars, because you put that in here, and boy, I mean, it's just right in here. Here's relaxation. This is better than a tranquilizer for me, and uh, I, I was still, I could still enjoy that. I don't think it would make me sick, but I know from experience, and I've prepared my mind. I've put this in my mind, and I thought about it and thought about it, and I thought any time I give just an inkling of a thought that I might do that, I will do it. Just an inkling of a thought. And I, in and, and the same way with a lot of sins, a lot of people have other horrible, horrible sins, and if they give it just an inkling of a thought, you will do it. If you don't Set in your mind, I set in my mind, this will never happen. I ain't going to do that no more because I know it's going to what the repercussions going to be. So anyway, but I, th- I thank God that uh, not that He healed me of it, but at least He gives me the strength to stay off of it. I've been off, you know, for quite a while, and uh, and I I have compassion on anybody that has that, and that's one reason that I hesitated to get on to some of the other drugs, you know. Uh, and I don't know how addictive marijuana and some of the other stuff is. I know pain pills are very addictive. And uh, I don't need another hunger, another habit, another something I have to have. And uh, and and you're the same way. I know a lot of you are the same way. Anyway, what is that the script that I quit on? Okay, next one I guess is You have to forgive me, I digress and I forget too. 23. Did I read 23? Okay. 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, and oh, senile that I am, uh, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind. I myself serve the, the law of God. You know, we're, we're, we may be failing at something, and I still have problems. I know some of you have problems. I don't know that you do. I'm assuming because I'm average, and, and uh, the Scripture says it all. But anyway, but, uh, but with the mind, we serve the law of God. But with the, fle- but with the flesh, the law of sin, we're, uh, you know, this, we're still in the body, and we're always going to have some problems. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5. Paul talking again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, uh, God will give is is a lot more willing to do stuff than what I have given him credit for casting down imaginations all the thoughts and the you know whatever it is you know even even I know a lot of people in some of the christian churches uh, will even uh, get involved it's it's uh, amazing what percentage of uh, some of even the pastors are involved in and uh, pornography and other things and gambling and have horrible problems casting down imaginations the you know the fantasies the, the the good thoughts about it and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god and here's a fabulous key in bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ anything that we have in our mind if it comes up and it's against the right way against God against the commandments against what Jesus said even like Jesus said even he that looks at upon a woman to lust after them he's committed sin already so Jesus knew just the thought just thinking about something will lead to horrible things bring into captivity every thought every thought that we have Okay, uh, I'm saying I'm, I even had a note here don't even give sin an instant in your mind don't give sin even a thought don't even allow that to come into your mind at all even a slight positive thought of the sin can be dangerous even thinking a little bit about this could be different to my situation this could be okay don't we you know we cannot do that. We've got to prepare our mind because it's a very dangerous thing to allow. Psychology shows that people are more apt to change due to reward. So here's here's another little key. Uh, people are afraid. A lot of people were would um, uh, try to quit smoking or nicotine or alcohol or pain pills or or whatever they're doing, people would try to do that because of the, the consequences that would come up. Well, you know, I'm gonna get cancer, I'm gonna get P.O.D., or I'm gonna have a wreck when I'm driving drunk, or whatever the situation is. And they, uh, people will have a tendency of uh, the consequences, but people are more success or successful with achieving their goals by thinking about the rewards rather than the punishment. And a person, and I know people that that, uh, claim that they got rid of some of the stuff, said, because I want to see my grandkids graduate. I want to see uh, my my youngest child's baby grow up or whatever, you know. And instead of having the negative consequences, well, I might die. That in itself is some... uh, Benefit, but it's more beneficial to focus on the benefits, the joy. You know, we can, instead of thinking, uh, if if you're uh, a a Protestant or something, instead of thinking, well, if I do this, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to burn. Well, a lot of people don't want to burn, they don't want to go there, they don't want that to happen. But, you know, people are more successful in in overcoming and giving their heart to the Lord. And this is, and I'm not making fun of it, you know, becoming converted. People are more successful in, in that by looking at the benefits when they understand, Oh, man, this is going to be great. There's going to be a... If, if I just give up this way of life, I've got, you know, my life is going to be better here. My children are going to be better. My... Family's going to be better. And to top that off, I'm going to have thousands and millions of years to live. All the things that I wanted to do in this life, I will be able to do it in the next life. There are a lot of things I'd like to do, but, it, 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 you know, I don't have the time. I don't have the skill. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the wonderful things that I can do in the, in, in the future, you know, uh, even after we get past the millennium, the thousand years, there's, it, it's just such an awesome thing. That motivates me a lot more than, uh, of course, I believe that, you know, I'm not going to go to hell and burn. But I do believe if if, if I just refuse God and, and His way, you know, I'm going to be ashes. I'm going to be nothing. I'm just going to be like turning that light off and on, you know. There ain't no more. There's not any more. But, you know, we have a wonderful, wonderful future ahead of us. And it's worth uh, striving for. So when temptation really kicks in, and, and sometimes it does, think of the great reward and don't give up. Don't give up. The God of peace will be with you and help you.